Episode 27 of the Rubber Boots Pod brought to you by our friends at the Fandom Sports app. Now available on Android. Perfect. Yeah. More on Woo-hoo. that a little bit later on. Mm. Uh, a lot of our fans have been asking for that for a long time. Brought to you by idrinkcoffee.com. Our friend Slavic, very excited about TFC and the CONCACAF final. Mm-hmm. As he should be. And of course, Cabot Links, who sponsored our Masters episode last week. And uh, I think that every time we started bringing them up, we... We got sidetracked, so I don't know. That, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to let them keep sponsoring us for a few weeks. I think that's to, only fair. Just, that is so unlike us to get sidetracked. Just to make up for it. <laughs> I guess that was a couple of weeks ago because it's been a, uh, a nutty a couple of weeks. And I, I, I have a favor to ask of all you guys, uh, and that's just not just you three. Stoff is here. Hi, Stoff. Uh, Lester is back. Hey. Puffy is alongside. Um, but also everybody listening. I, I know when we started this thing, actually, when we started this thing, what is that, 15 months ago now, Puff? Yeah, around there. It was like January. We weren't sure what this was going to be. Um, we thought there'd be a lot of interviews. That ended up being way too much work. Interviews. I think in the... In the we the, pop one in once a month or so. Yeah, once I mean, every, that once David a month. Hearn exclusive last month. That's right, the one-minute David, David Hearn exclusive. By the way, I should tell you that uh, before I came down here, to the, the quiz master asked me to let you know personally... That he's available if you need to. Interview. Oh, yeah, that's never good. Well, that's why that's, that's what I wanted to tell him. But I thought <laughs> I, I, uh, he told me to say this off air, but I'm not doing. I'm saying it on the air. <laughs> right. So the interviews happen once in a while, and uh, I thought maybe it would be serious. Sometimes that doesn't happen very often, and mostly it's just turned into idiocy between the four of us, which is good. I'm glad it's become for that. Sure. For sure. But I want it to be able to also be a place where we can talk about other things. I think we share a lot of stuff about our lives here. Is that for fair sure. to say? Fair. Oh, yeah. For sure. We've learned a lot about each other. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> you always bring up the orgy question. Yeah, on that's the, exactly. We're I all think that, that might have been the, the TSN turning point for moment sure. For where sure. we started opening up. We started yep. bonding. So uh, today I want to honor some people. And again, I know people come to this podcast as an escape. And we will have some hijinks later, I promise. We'll get into some of our regular segments a little bit later on. But I want to spend a few minutes honoring some people we lost over the last couple of weeks. Uh, did did your mom always say, like my mom, about the bad things happen in threes? Yes. Oh, for sure. Right. And for sure. Which is a cliche, but it kind of feels like it happens that way. Yeah. And uh, that's what happened. I guess we'll do this chronologically because that's the easiest way to do it. And I'm not going to... Sp- by the way, this is not going to turn into a funeral. The, the reason I'm doing this, I want to bring up the, the happy and positive sides of all these people. Um, we were at the Masters, Puff and I, is it last week, two weeks ago? Puff on Lost. Two weeks ago, and I guess it was day one of the Masters Thursday. We're on the air with our bonus coverage, and I got a call from Tina uh, from Minnesota, Jonathan's mom, that's saying that Jonathan had passed away, uh, which caught me off guard for sure, only because... I hadn't talked to Tina in a couple of weeks, and I know he'd had some setbacks, but he's he's had setbacks for the yeah, last. Yeah, that's sort of every, that's his sure. life. Yeah, sure. and so you, even though we always knew that it was a possibility, I didn't see it coming that fast. And what happened is he he, he had a couple of major setbacks and went downhill in a hurry in hospital and passed away, and. 
that was a tough one just because uh, you know I've talked about it on the podcast before and did you get a, you get a chance to meet him Lester I can't remember I've never met him you never got a chance no, to meet him when he no, came into TSN no, no. Uh, just the most inspirational kid ever and when we had him on our Christmas show here, yep. on, here on the pod yes and this is going to be heartbreaking to listen to because that, that was probably the most positive things had been in the last two years for Jonathan. Uh, if, if for some reason you don't know the story or haven't listened to that episode, uh, Jonathan Pitcher is a good friend of everybody at TSN. He was diagnosed with a disease called EB, which is one of the most painful diseases known to mankind. Uh, they call them butterfly children because their skin is like the skin of a butterfly and basically any touch of it and it tears apart. And so he's sort of wrapped head to toe in bandages. He went down to Minnesota for a stem cell transplant that they hoped would ease his condition, never cure him, but let him have somewhat of a normal life. And when we interviewed him just before Christmas time, it was the most positive things had been. He had started to grow new skin. And I think the clip that Christoph's going to play was talking about walking. He'd been stuck in the wheelchair for the better part of the last few years and had finally... Uh, been able to walk again. A big milestone for us, for me, um, I think it was two days ago. Mm-hmm. And for the first time since we've come back, and for the first time in a long time, instead of taking my wheelchair to walk somewhere, I walked with mom. Ah, oh, that's um, amazing. So we went from the truck to the, um, I mean, from our apartment to the truck and back. And they only had to take one little uh, breather, and that was like halfway through the first, um, the first part of the walk. And I only stopped for maximum five seconds. And then today, um, uh, I walked from the car to breakfast, and breakfast to the car again. So I'm we're really working hard. Like I'm going to be able to start actual video again. And so I'm hoping that by the time I get home, I'll be a completely new person. That was Jonathan back in December. And unfortunately, a couple of weeks after that, he he had a couple of setbacks and never really got on the road back. I went to see him at Super Bowl. Yeah. And, you know, still so positive and and still so upbeat. But at the same time, I could tell, I think that he was, he was just tired. You know, he wanted, he just wanted to get home and be with his dog. He has a little Boston Terrier named Gibson. And, uh... Uh, I just he wasn't defeated he wasn't defeated in any sense I think like he still still was trying but they pushed back the timetable another 6 months for him to come back so anyway I just it uh I think Jonathan's un- unfortunately the timing and we'll get into Humboldt in a second uh, Jonathan passed away and, and the next day it became public and um then Humboldt happened, yeah. and and I think Jonathan's story got lost a little bit, understandably because of the size and depth of the Humboldt of tragedy. Yeah, but I want to do whatever we can to keep uh, his memory alive because I think the the, the most amazing thing that came out of this uh, when Jonathan was thirteen a few years ago when we first met him, he lived his whole life really quietly, very normal, and then decided to tell his story. And what came out of him telling his story? Uh, not just for him, like he got to do a lot of amazing, amazing things. He was a senator scout for a day. He got to come on the TSN panel. He got to go on stage at the NHL awards. Uh, he got to meet his favorite sci-fi writer, this guy that he's read all his books. The cast of The Flash met him and sent him. It, like all these incredible things happened to him. 
But he didn't really care about that. All he really cared about was raising awareness for the cause. And suddenly, you know, a lot of Canadians now know what EB is. He raised hundreds of yeah, thousands of dollars. Sure, yeah, like people yeah. didn't know that disease. So I think that's that's what I keep clinging to out of a positive. It is this. It's just spectacular what this guy did in four years. Like more than most of us do in a lifetime, well, what he, he's accomplished. I think the thing for me when I look at it too is... You know what? Here's this guy that that since essentially from day one has been in pain, mm-hmm. and uh, that is hard to fathom on its own. And you know, people like yourself and what we've done here, and people talking about him and t- talking about the awareness is really important. But you know, it just goes back for, for me specifically. You know, all these little things that we think are issues in our lives. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. They're nothing. nothing. You know what I mean? And it's it's, it's just, awful that it takes somebody like Jonathan to maybe make you feel better about your life that that shouldn't be what it is but if that's something you know he i talked to him about that he didn't mind that yeah it's a byproduct you know what if if if, if he made people appreciate you know their lives more that was okay with him which i think is another amazingly cool thing that he did so we're gonna miss the hell out of jonathan pitcher who was just uh just an amazing amazing kid and our prayers go to his mom tina who now has to get on with her life when she's dedicated her entire life, essentially. That's who I was really thinking about. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking about her, and, and you know, as much as uh, I'm, I'm sure she's sad, part of me is, is you know, I'm grateful that she's going to be able to get on with her life right. and do something. That's going to take some time. Gonna, I, I, I met sure, with her in Ottawa yeah, last her. week. We spent some time together, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's obviously going through an, an awful time. Jonathan was her life for the last... Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's got a daughter, and... Um, yeah, you're right. It, she maybe can have some sort of normal life at some point. So we wanted to honor Jonathan today. And then, uh, so that happens. God, man, the Masters is usually my favorite week of the year. <laughs> I got to admit, you, like, I think I looked at you on, like, Saturday. Yeah. I don't think I've I ever was, seen I was you done. look so sad. I'd never, I never cared less about golf. Yeah. I just, I just never had. So Humboldt happens, and that's just, you know, we sat around... Uh, in our house having beers and trying to register what was happening as the updates were coming in. And I don't want to revisit the accident and everything simply because I know that the, as a country we're, we're trying to heal from all this. And But again, I, I just want to talk s- some things that maybe people, people don't know about the people involved, how amazed I am, not just the first responders in that community. First of all, it's if there's anything positive, and I hate when you try to find positive because it's hard to find anything positive about yeah. something like that, but the way the nation came together and sort of wrapped its arms around this community is, you know, sometimes you, if you go on Twitter, you get pretty depressed about humanity. Yeah. <laughs> and that reminds you that 95% of the people out there are really good people. For sure. Uh, Chris Joseph is the father of Jackson Joseph. Chris, a former NHLer who lost his son in the accident and did an amazing interview with Ryan Rashog last week, I guess, where, because he just wanted to talk about Jackson and what his kid was like and let people know that. And, uh, I got to know Chris a little bit just texting after that. And, you know, the thing that kept uh, through the weekend at the Masters, the thing that kept coming into my head was was Big League, yeah, the yeah. Tom Cochran song, mm-hmm. and which was about a similar type of accident. And so I talk, I called Lester. We got home for the Masters, what, Monday, Puff? Yep, Monday. Uh, I called Lester, I think, Monday night. Or texted him and said, you know, I think you should do a, an acoustic version of Big League on the pod. We were planning on doing the yes. pod on Tuesday. And Lester was going to do that. And then then I remembered I had Tom Cochran's... We're, we're not good friends or anything, but we've had a couple of beers together. And I, I um, 
had an old email from him, and Gord Miller ended up having his phone number, and I got in touch with Tom and asked him if he'd, if he'd do it, and, and he said he would. And so we gathered the troops at TSN, this, the, the musical, the audio people, the video people, entire staff to come in uh, Tuesday morning to do that. And it's funny, you know, Tom changed his mind. I woke up at 6 a.m. and Tom sent me a note said that uh, he, he, he didn't think, he, he was worried that people would think that he was trying to um, capitalize, capitalize somehow, yeah. which I thought was not even remotely close, but he was very worried about that. Mm-hmm. But I had talked to Chris Joseph the night before, and I had told him that, that Tom was planning on doing this. And he was so deeply touched by it. So I read that text to Tom, mm-hmm. and he changed his mind and came in and, and did it, of course. And uh, I just thought, sitting in that studio, listening to him play that song, I think it gets lost in Canada. It's kind of a rock anthem, mm-hmm. right? It's People would have beers in their hands and go nuts yeah. when Big League came on. And when you hear it quiet and acoustically, it... It has so much more impactful, I think, the sadness and the, you know, inspiring nature of that song. Now many ways out of this cold northern town You work in the mill and get laid in the ground And if you're gonna jump, it'll be with a game Real fast and tough is the only clear lane to the big league Turn some heads. My boy's gonna play in the big league. My boy's gonna knock him dead. Oh, the big league. If you haven't seen uh, the entire version of Tom Cochran doing that song, it's uh, I've go to my Twitter account or just search it on Twitter. It's everywhere. But any, you know, he changed the second verse. Yep. Which I have to like, admit, when I was watching it, I was like, in my head, I was like, oh gosh, I hope they, he changes the second verse. Yeah, well, verse. I, you know, the and original verse of the song it. was a little fresh. Yeah, and, he, uh, well, he's great. You heard it there, he sings. Um, All the right moves when he turned 18, riding to the game, riding with his team, riding with the friends and riding for the dreams. Riding off to immortality in the big Riding, league. riding to the game, riding with his team, um, riding with the friends, riding for their dreams, riding into immortality. Yeah. So the guy's the guy's in, incredibly special, and I it's, I know that at least one of the families used the song at the funeral. Yeah. And I heard from several of them, and, and Tom heard from several of them. So I'm so glad he got to do it because it did mean. A lot. I think for for people of of my age and Chris Joseph's age yeah. with teenage kids, uh, you know that was the song of our time. Yeah, right? that was the hockey song of yeah, Canada. Said, yeah, mm. and uh, so that meant that meant a ton. And so uh, our our prayers continue for everybody in Humboldt, and uh, it's it's but it has been overwhelming to see how people have responded, not just with the money. 
but just you know the sticks out front and everything have just been been sticks, wonderful sticks to see. Out front jerseys, you know, flags yep. that have masts. And you know what? They put somebody put out a note asking for broadcasters to do games next year. Yeah, there. I saw that. And That's really cool. Cuthbert said yes. Miller said yes. I'm going to bring a panel. Uh, we're going to go out and do a, a Humboldt Broncos game. Um, That's awesome. Or multiple multiple Humboldt Broncos games. Uh, so then this this ties into the unfortunate third part of uh, the bad thing coming threes. Um, my dad's been ill for a while. I've been bouncing back and forth between Ottawa and here. Uh, my dad's funny. He was so 87 years old and had never really been in the hospital. He got stitches once when he was uh, 18. He got hit by a softball bat. That's the only time. <laughs> so no broken bones. <laughs> nothing. Oh. Nothing. In wow. fact, my mom found the article, because my dad was a, a musician and he was in the RCMP band, and she found a little article from the local paper said, band has to cancel as Jim Duffy gets hit in head with softball bat. <laughs> requires stitches. <laughs> so uh, i never been in the hospital, but uh, I unfortunately got cancer, I guess, last year, and it spread really quickly and sort of went downhill. and. I've been going back and forth. Uh, he was admitted to hospital in Ottawa about three weeks ago. So as we were on that Tuesday, um, as Tom was uh, strumming his guitar and uh, what do you call it? Sorry, Lester, I'm tuning his guitar, ready to go. My sister called and said that the doctors had said it wouldn't be long uh, for my dad. It could be a day. It could be two days. It could be three days. They weren't sure. And but he was in the last phase of his life, so, and it was funny. I we were had a big ninety minute preview show to do that night. Yep. We were doing a tribute to Humboldt, not just the Tom Cochran song, but some other things that I wanted to be a part of. And so I was stuck in that kind of work dilemma. Uh, obviously, I wanted to be with my dad, but my sister was like, "You know, do your work and come." And my dad was always a big believer in do your work. Yeah. I wasn't going to go to the Masters. I was sitting Saturday by his bed in Ottawa and said, I don't think I should go, Dad. And he said, if you don't go, I'm going to punch you in the face. Because <laughs> I love the Masters and I love watching you on the Masters, so you're going to go and go to the Masters. Well, there you go. And uh, so I went to the Masters. And uh, so uh, I, was, you know, I was sitting with Tom Cochran, and he said, you know, I was there when my dad passed. You, sh- you should definitely go and sort of help convince me to... Uh, to go and I ran and got on a plane and got there. It, I guess I walked into the hospital at 4 p.m. and exactly at 8.30. Uh, so the exact moments, I guess, that uh, Tom was strumming the opening chords of Big League on uh, on TSN, my dad passed, wow. which was, uh, it was cool. It was, uh, my mom is, you know, parents are so funny. They care, like it, it's 8.23 or something and, and my dad's, you know, uh, He's he's still there, but he's into that sort of comatose state before you before you pass. Yeah, and um, my mom's like, you have to go. You have to go watch your your program, right? She wanted me to. She wanted me to see. She wanted me to see Tom. I said, Mom, I think I'll be okay. And and then uh, the because the nurse came in, and the time of death was exactly eight thirty when I figured our show was starting. But uh, so my dad uh, um, was an amazing dude. And I thought just for a couple minutes I'd tell you guys about him because uh, you probably haven't heard any stories about him. I wrote a big long thing on Instagram. That was really good. Of, that was really. Yeah, good. he was an interest. Like you, 
you know, sometimes it's your father and you're growing up and you're, you're a teenager and you're in your 20s and you really care about your life and you don't really think. And over the last few years, certainly when I started to have kids, I, you pay much more attention to your parents' lives and what they were. My dad was an incredible musician, Lester. You, I, I'm, it's a shame that you never got to meet him mm. because he, so he played by ear, uh, learned to play piano by ear oh. and was amazing at it and played drums. And yet it was in his first band at 16 and was in bands and he, he was in his last band their last gig was at christmas so he's 87 years this old christmas. Awesome. yeah Great playing brother. drums in a band called the ardenaires wow. awesome. so they had like a, a clarinet player who was 90 yeah. <laughs> and a singer who was 92 and they did gigs like all around our cottage that's awesome wow. so it was awesome. uh yeah my dad was uh, had groupies at, at, at 87 but he was a cop too and uh it's the great thing about spending time by his hospital bed in the last few weeks was he's he was a my dad was a big storyteller i think i probably got that from him he loved to tell stories and he started telling me stories about his old cop days and one of his first assignments with the rcmp was they put him undercover to 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 bust up some drug ring and uh it was a band so they they got him in the band, so he was like the drummer to play some gigs with the band. Wow. And I don't know if it was the the guy, the lead singer in the band, that was running the drug ring, or they were just delivering drugs or whatever. But so they played this gig, and then they were up in the hotel room, and uh, they invited some girls up from the show. <laughs> so like, but this is probably nineteen forty something, yeah. right? Nice. My dad was born in thirty one, I think. So uh, uh, the girls come up to the room. <laughs> and one of them's like, Jimmy Duffy from Kamloops. She recognized him. Like, she went to high school with him. Oh, my God. And so did, the, did, the cover, did the cover was, undercover? <laughs> cover was, like, blown. So, so he, like, I, he I had didn't, an undercover name that was different than his. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so Dad had to bust out, and cops came in and <laughs> did the bus. Him, uh, that was he, his last undercover that assignment. Was, but he said that was his first big undercover assignment. He fit right in because he was the musician. Yeah, and this girl course. comes in and is like, Jimmy Duffy. <laughs> Oh my god! What are you gonna say? That's I thought you were gonna say like the, the the drug dealer was Puffy's dad or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he didn't like to move yeah. the and the other one. I think this was the last stuff. story my dad told me. Uh, the last real story before I left him and and headed off to Augusta was uh, he used to do when he got a little higher in the RCMP. He was sort of the guy when VIPs came to town who would be their sort of their escort. So he'd be in full uniform and make sure they got from place to place to place and stand by them when they're up on stage. So you'd always see my dad up on stage behind okay. the guy. And this was the lieutenant governor. Um, I'm not sure. Of, I'm not, my governor generals and lieutenant governors, yeah. I'll get screwed up. But this guy was from England, I believe. Okay. And is there a lieutenant governor maybe that re- comes to Canada who represents whatever? We'll get a parliamentarian on sometime. <laughs> so uh, they had two functions. It was in Halifax. And one was the opening of a humane, a new humane society, and one was the opening of some sort of Red Cross center. And they were out the, it was like a, uh, what do they call it when you're a uh, groundbreaking ceremony, okay, yeah. essentially. Ribbon but, cutting thing. Exactly. Cutting, yeah. So they were there for the Red Cross center. So the lieutenant governor stands up to make the speech, and my dad's right behind him, and he starts going... I had this little kitty, this little kitty I loved so dearly when I was young. Animals have always been so important to me. And so my dad figured, like, a 30 seconds in, the guy was doing the wrong speech. Yeah. He was at the wrong event. <laughs> so he's got his big RCMP boots on, and he says he starts trying to kick him in the back of the heel. 
say, is this the Red Cross event? And the guy's like, my kitty meant so much to me. And he just keeps going. And all these blight, there's 200 people, all these VIPs from Halifax in the crowd. And Dad said finally he had to buckle him almost with a yeah. kick. Yeah. And the guy went around, turned around like this, and Dad said, it's the Red Cross. Oh. <laughs> my, my kitty needs blood too. <laughs> They're like people. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, uh, and the other thing my dad loved was football, uh, which the, one of the greatest things, and I, I wrote a column a long time ago called Growing Up in Section G, where I, I say that basically everything I learned in life, I learned sitting with my dad and mom in Section G of Frank Lair Stadium, growing up watching Rough Riders games for 25 years. And that was kind of the one thing we always did together was was watch football games. No matter what, we'd we'd uh, I would be there every week. He never missed a game. He was the most diehard fan ever. Uh, he would sit. We would go to training camp, Puff, at Carleton University, and watch them in training camp. He would cut the training camp roster out of the Ottawa Citizen and cross out every player as they got cut. But wow. you, your dad like loved it, but he wasn't. No, the he, most he was. He, no, he was an interesting. He was a really interesting football fan because he loved it. He loved knowing the players on the team, uh, but he didn't know the nuances of the game very well. Yeah, like I was. I became a complete stat freak, and and knew, and he wasn't into that at all. He was just into sort just of winning. He knew the players and winning and losing. Yeah. He didn't really care about any of the other stuff. I, I think I've told you the story about him. Uh, going to Australia. My favorite story yeah. ever. So dad comes home from Australia and says, James, uh, you're going to be proud of me. One of the 49ers, <laughs> he knows I was a big 49er fan, was staying at our hotel. And I said, really, dad? He goes, yeah. And I got him on video for you. Back with the old big Kia Sarah video <laughs> oh, cameras geez. that were like 10K. So he pulls out the video. And the gentleman <laughs> that he has filmed is a, you know, a fairly tall black gentleman but not remotely in football shape. Like skinny arms, big pot belly, skinny legs. And he is wearing like a Kmart Joe Montana jersey. Like it says 16 at the back, on the back. And, and, and my dad's like, do you, know, do you recognize who it is? And I think I was probably 16 or 17 at the time. And I'm like... Uh, Dad, uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure which player that is. I, did, I didn't have the heart to tell him that that is not, not remotely a 49 wearing his jersey <laughs> yeah, by the pool in Australia. One of the 49ers. Uh, so God love him. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he was, but he was just a fan. And that team sucked for so long. And the thing I loved most about my dad is I didn't love it at the time, but we would never leave a game early. And you don't know how bad Ottawa football was for 25 years. You know, that's the, the franchise that drafted a dead guy that <laughs> oh had two nine and nine years. In the 30 years, basically, that Dad and I went to games together, not 30, probably 25 years, they had two nine and nine seasons. Yeah. That was the, that was the peak. Wow. And they would get blown out all the time. Like, Doug Flutie would come into town and beat them 55-1, and the entire stadium would be empty, and Dad would always stay to 0-0. <laughs> Which is, and I thought afterwards, you know, and this might sound hokey, but when I started taking my kid to games, you know, maybe it wasn't about that. Maybe it was just about hanging out with your kid. Yeah, yeah. The, that he that he wanted well. more than anything else. For sure, well. But the Red Blacks winning the Grey Cup two years ago mm-hmm. was one of the greatest moments of my career, only because of my dad. It was the most nervous I'd ever been for a football game, only because I knew, you know, he's eighty five. 
this is probably this was a surprise appearance by the Red Blacks that this was going to be it. And for them to win that game, and I and I called him, and I think he literally said the words, "Now I can die in peace." Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you got to go to the Grey Cup this year, and there's a couple of fine young ladies, uh, young journalists in Ottawa, uh, twins, and they have a, a website and a company called Time Out with the Twins. And they do documentaries, and they did a documentary on my mom and dad and their love for football. That uh, I will, I think I've tweeted out. I may tweet out again, but here's a clip from that. When you get attached to a team, a game becomes much more meaningful than just going to see something. You're, you're really involved. Something that's been so much a part of our life. So that was my dad, uh, Jim Duthie. I love him. I miss him dearly. Uh, we will bury him on the 28th at his beloved cottage in Arden, Ontario. And, uh, you know, I he was also very heartbroken with Jonathan's death and, and the Humboldt thing. And that's the one thing he said, and I almost felt bad. People are so nice. The messages they send on Instagram and Twitter and texts and stuff from people, you know, people are just so kind. But I almost started to feel ridiculous. I mean, my dad lived 87 years, had this amazing life. Yeah. And what happened to Jonathan and certainly what happened in Humboldt, yeah. those are tragedies. My dad's, my dad's <laughs> death was not a, a tragedy. It's, it's, it's sad and we yeah. miss him dearly. But, and he knew that. Yeah. And, and, and made it clear that uh, he was incredibly lucky with his life. So... Uh, yeah, that was a that was a, a weird, well, good weird news couple is, of weeks. Well, that's three, James. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think you got a pretty good little oh, run coming up here. Ho- hopefully it's over for a while. Sorry, I wanted to tie those together by telling them that Chris Joseph yep. um, and Chris Beaudry, who's the assistant coach that was not on the bus, yeah. they both sent me texts about my dad. And I thought, you know... <laughs> What they're All going the stuff through, they're going through. Yeah. For, for them to think of, you know, my father passing away peacefully at 87 yeah. is uh, that's just it, re- you know, remarkable I'll, people. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, there have been a couple times in my life where I have been really, I mean, I've always been very, felt very, very uh, grateful that my parents decided to come to Canada. I mean, they could have gone to the United States from Guyana. Guy- right. Guyana, sure. sorry. Guyana. Guyana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, you know, my, 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 my dad's, uh, my, my aunt went to England. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have done that, but they came to Canada. And, you know, the first time I was like, really like, wow, what a country. Right. It was actually 9-11. Yeah. 9-11, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's lots of things about Canada that I really love, but... 9-11 for me really reaffirmed our country, the way our country is. Like, we were giving so much blood to people in New York. We had a shortage of blood in Toronto. The stories about Gander, Newfoundland. Like, come, come, from, come away. from away. is all about, is yeah. all about that, right? And, you know, we've had tragedies and stuff like that. But when you see uh, this country come together mm-hmm. um, yeah. at, like this, at a time like this, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And I, I, just, I think it's very unique to Canada. That was the last, uh, my dad loved theater, too, and wanted to go see Come From Away. That was the one thing he wanted to go see desperately. And, uh, God, the one of the times I really bawled, uh, my kids came down a couple weeks ago to say goodbye. And, uh, you know, my daughter, Gracie, is a big theater. And my dad asked her to sing for him in bed and she sang one of her solos from one of her songs and he was weeping and tears were rolling down her face and I was like oh my god <laughs> that is pretty it was it was that was about as emotional as it gets but uh yeah just fantastic people all around and we're gonna go see come from away uh in his honor my, nice. my daughter saw it a couple weeks ago said it was I heard it's really good spectacular um and by the way my buddy's from Newfoundland and he tells me that people from Newfoundland are going into New York to see it and they bring their little Newfoundland flags because they're proud Newfoundlanders, and they get swarmed after the show. They're flag? rock stars, yeah, really, really? Oh, because really? they're from Newfoundland, 
that's, that's what awesome. they meant to the people in New York. That's awesome. Anyway, th- thank you, everybody. Um, I know this was a little... Uh, I had Lester. I, I, I was worried this was going to get too depressing. Do you have a happy song you can play, Lester? I can see clearly oh, that's now. better. <laughs> the rain is gone. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, you can't keep going. I just missed. Well, you know. <laughs> Lester's songs only go about 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's the jingle king now. Uh, but thank you to all the listeners. I'm sorry that it wasn't our usual uh, idiocy. We can get into that now. Uh, well, let's do it. Why don't we get... Uh, we have a lot of Postmaster stuff to go over. Let's yes. start with uh, Fandom. Now available on Android, Fandom Pick a Fight. After Puffy, Puffy must have been so successful yep. in his test yep. of the Android device they Welcome. said if it worked for Puffy That's now everybody able to figure it out if he's going to use anyone it, can. <laughs> so I think our our, our most common uh, responses on Twitter to fandom are uh, where's my freaking book <laughs> because I hadn't sent them and when are you coming to freaking Android and now I don't have to answer exactly. that one anymore so one because for two <laughs> one for two <laughs> and so, now that we're on this uh, playoff schedule you'll have a few. Free time to Nothing but books. time. Nothing but time to send out books. So I saw somebody on Twitter, I guess, won a second time. Yes. And they, he signed it, like, ripping their brother or something. Yeah, he asked me to, to, to rip his brother. Yeah, and it was well done. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. Yes. So uh, here's the deal. Uh, on the Masters edition of the pod, we asked this fandom question. Would you rather have one green jacket win the Masters, the most prestigious, likely, of most golfing events? Mm-hmm. Or would you like to win all the other three majors? Yes. Everybody weighed in. I uh, then got caught up with all the other stuff that was happening. For sure. And forgot to post the question oh. on fandom. <laughs> yeah, that happens. So, I mean, it's so, still topical. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I continue to screw up our sponsors royally. <laughs> so I will put that question up this week for the people who wanted to weigh in. And we thought we'd throw up one other question for you. And uh, would you want to do the injury one? Or sure, yeah, we can do that one. <laughs> okay. Um, so... Puffy came in today. This is Tuesday, as usual, taping on Tuesday. You're probably listening on Thursday or the weekend. And said, I hate Brad Marchand. I want him hurt. I want someone to kill him. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burnt to the ground. Not kill, but hurt. Not kill, but get him out of the series. Out of the series. I don't like him. All right. Are you in favor of, we'll work on the wording of this, your, if your favorite team is playing another team, one of your players knocks the other guy out of the series. Marcus Felino had that questionable whack on Tyler well, I Myers. I think that was... People were trying to... Yeah, I know. I, I, I agree that shouldn't have been a suspension, yeah. but would you... I want it to be more obvious with my... So you're not going to... We're not in... We're not celebrating violence in a sense. No permanent damage. We don't want anybody hurt. But... Knocked out of the series. Are you yes. okay with one of your players making a dirty play to knock an opposing player out of the series? Yes. <laughs> we are. We are. That, that will be our question. Lester, are you okay with that? We're, we're, we're talking. We're talking. What about the Habs against Marchand instead of the Leafs? Well, we're talking Bobby Clark and Bobby Clark and Valley Harlem. Right. From, yes. uh, are you okay with that? I still um, feel a little bit dirty about that uh, one. It was very dirty. It was, listen, it's one of the dirtiest things I've ever seen in any hockey game. You but everybody celebrates go out Bobby and break Clark. his ankle. Yeah. You know? A legend. Well, but you do. I mean, different times. I, you know, listen, though. I, honestly, and, and this is serious, Lester, but I'd rather win. I'd rather beat their best. Not Puffy. No. <laughs> win at all costs. Marchand would do it to us, we'll do it to him first. <laughs> I want to see I, I want to see him uh, across the uh, the other side of the rake crying because he lost game seven of the stand. I'm fine with him being in the press box while 
They shake hands. Or the hospital. <laughs> so we'll put those two questions up. You can answer our master's question, and uh, you can answer that one as well, and we'll give away a couple of books next week. Uh, the master's edition of the pod was, as predicted, a disaster. Puffy, yeah. a lot of people uh, noted, uh, seemed extremely drunk. That's not true. <laughs> And we love their, their women. And we, we take. No, we do not. Oh, no, we, we don't do, do that. We don't we do that. Don't we don't do that. that. Also, and we didn't we do that beer. one year? No, we never did that. 1987, <laughs> we loved women. Wow. <laughs> I could testify to the fact that he was not extremely drunk. No. He was a little tipsy. No, I was not on the clock, James. <laughs> that was my time. Talking like this all time. Yeah, I, was, I would say that's the drunkest I've been on the podcast. <laughs> uh, so, um, awesome. Best is I was more sober after we came back. I know. I and thought I the pod. I, I think I, I, I think our off. poor listeners thought I kind of teased them at. Oh, we're going to be back in four more hours, yeah. and it's going to be nuts. And then we got back, and everybody was sober. Yeah. We just pounded steak and a couple beers. <laughs> That's right. We got all the. F- I think that happens, though. Don't you find that if you're a little, if you drink on an empty stomach, yeah, and then you pound down a big meal, yeah, you, you feel better. You recover. definitely leveled me off for sure. <laughs> Makes sense. So uh, bump and run were on the pod. Yes, they were. <laughs> right. I thought it was actually probably Bump's best performance on the pod. Really? Yeah. Uh, and he's had some bad ones. Terrible, nope, this, this usually. <laughs> he, I thought he was outstanding. So this was uh, this was from the Jay and Dan pod okay. last night. Dan had a little NASCAR experience on the weekend. Yep. So listen to what came up on his podcast. And you shot these promos with Bark and Fitz? Is that right? The NASCAR mascots? The, the race mascots um, were named Bump and Run. Oh, Bump and Run. That makes more sense than <laughs> yeah. Bark and Fitz. And um, they both had reverse boners because their tails were erect, but protruding from where a tail would protrude from. But uh, Bump had a big barrel. No. Big, big barrel. We, don't, we were trying to determine if it was part of the costume or if it was a real-life belly. Oh, it's real life. Yeah, it's real life. <laughs> we can confirm it. <laughs> and so, he doesn't usually have a boner. It's not a reverse one. <laughs> we saw it a about. lot. Yeah, we did. He, he's not very shy about it. Um, so Bump and Ron might have to sue. Their, yeah. Their namesakes have been stolen the by NASCAR. NASCAR will sue them. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think NASCAR might predate the old Bump NASCAR's and Run. NASCAR's lawyers might be a little more, yeah. a little stronger than yeah. uh, the Bump and Run lawyers. Well, that's fantastic. That's great. Um, what else was what happened at the Masters? So I was a bit of a mess, as I told you. I wasn't really good at focusing on golf because of the other stuff that was going on. Hey, and listen, I'll, say you right, I'll tell you right now. Uh, I'll say this to you. I'm looking right at you. I thought you did a great job. And I knew what was going on. So. Well, thank you. Thank you. I didn't have to do that much, frankly. There was a lot of live golf, and we'd come on and do two-minute segments in between. But I did have a porn moment. Uh, we've talked about the porn moments. On. Porn. Oh, yeah. Porn? I'm like, I'm like you, did you say porn? I yes, thought I, that's what I thought I heard. I think last season we talked about the great porn moments in the history of uh, TSN Broadcasting. Uh, led by Gino Red. Gino Red is definitely number one. Gino Red is oh, the yes. ultimate World Juniors 2003. Uh, Brendan Bell skating into the boards, into the camera. Sully. And Gino using this unfortunate line. Uh, here's Welcome back to the World Juniors on TSN. There's Brendan Bell coming in your face all night long. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were talking about Rory McIlroy. This was yep. Sunday before the round had started and his chances of uh, and I was I was speaking to David Hearn, our analyst, and Bob Weeks about the fact that Rory uh, had on the PGA Tour um, three shot deficits before and come back to win. And I and I and I said this: He does have a history of coming back 
He's come back from three strokes down three times to win tournaments on the PGA Tour. So he's done it from behind. No, he's done it all sorts of different ways, whether it's PGA Tour or majors. And I think that's the big advantage yeah. he has over Patrick Reed. He's done Which it other from way behind. Is Bob Week. He's done it from behind. <laughs> so, okay. I, I think this is Fair. this is where we reveal ourselves as immature people on television. Usually those slide, those silly, they're silly pornographic references. Yes. But in this particular moment, David Hearn... <laughs> Uh, it, it's funny when you're on television, you can hear when you're in when the visuals are yeah. on. So we were not on camera at the time, but there's about a second delay. So Dave, when as soon as I said that, sort of turned to the camera and made this funny wide open eyes yeah. face, <laughs> and he thought we weren't on, but because of the one second delay, we actually were on camera. And it's a terrible podcasting, but I'll uh, the, 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 I'll show you guys the shot. It was uh, it was pretty spectacular. It, and there it is. As a matter of fact, you know the the, uh, the faces option of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I'll I guess that I'll should be his new Twitter. I'll put avatar. this out on the Rubber Boots yeah, Pod no. account on Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Uh, David Hearn's reaction to me saying um, whatever. He's done it from behind. Yes, he has. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, you know what we got to do? Uh, still with the Masters, we had a ready-made edition of A OK or A Hole. By the way, time to debut our new jingle from Lester McLean for A OK or A Hole. Is it A It's very church-like. It does. That's it has a religious feel to it. So it's mm. a-hole or a-ok, not a-ok a- or a-hole. A-hole or a-ok. A-hole or a-ok is brought to you by our friends at idrinkcoffee.com, the number one place for you to buy coffee online. You can buy espresso machines. It has coffee from all over the world. It's fantastic. And the owner of the company is very excited right now because his team is about to win the CONCACAF. Oh, whoa, James. Don't get ahead of ourselves. Oh, uh, so, uh, this edition of... Do you want to explain or should I, Puff? A-hole. You can explain it. All right. So, this is basically... This is a, the rare one that Lester and Stoff can actually just answer for us. Okay. You guys can be the judge. It's a real-life scenario. Real-life situation. So, Puffy and I and Bump and Run, we wake up early to drive to Charlotte to get our flight home from the Masters. Our flight from Charlotte gets canceled. We get notification of this early. So, we decide to drive... We end up driving to Atlanta, essentially. Yes. There is an 11 o'clock flight, and there is a 4 p.m. flight yes. from Atlanta. We believe we're all on the 11 o'clock flight. Mr. Wolf, Nicole, yep. has She's told us... working. She's trying to she get She is it. trying to get yeah. us on. And Madeline, our travel person, yep. our other Mr. Wolf, also trying to get us on the flight. So, halfway to Atlanta, we get the following email from Madeline. Guys, uh, there's only one ticket left on that flight. Uh, I can get James there in business class, but I can't get you guys on until the four. <laughs> so, James, yep, good guy, team guy, good guy, at, at good time, guy, team guy. Time, I agree. He's no Bobby Orr. So uh, I write back. Um, we'll all go on the four. It's fine. We'll all go on the four. Mm-hmm. Everything's copacetic. Kumbaya, teams, team. We're fist bumping each other. Oh, We're gonna do the four. Then the uh, the tickets start to come in. You yes. get their little beeps on the phone. Doot, doot. Tickets coming in. Bumps on the four. Yep. Runs on the four. Puffs on the four. Doot, doot. 
Jimmy's still on the 11. Now we're an hour outside of the airport. Yeah. And we're, and tight, we're tight to make that 11. Tight to make that 11. So <laughs> she, she didn't read my email right, and she still booked me on the business class on the 11. Or did Jimmy send another email <laughs> saying, ignore the email I just sent. I'm on the 11. I'll take the 11. I'll take the 11. I suspect. There was a lot of suspicions. That did not happen. But now at this point, I decide, screw these a- <laughs> I'm taking the 11. It was the allure, because I didn't want to write her back now again. Now that she's yes. booked the ticket. Yeah, well, can't go back. I can't there. go back. The guys in the car, right away, they said, a-hole or A-OK. Stuff, thoughts. I think it's okay. I mean, uh, as long as you didn't send that second email, uh, like Puffy's insisting you may have, I'm willing to believe you haven't. So I think it's a-okay, you know, a little first class, uh, why not? It's not yeah. like you bumped them out of first class, right? <laughs> the greatest thing was when I landed, or on the, I was in the cab back to my house, and I sent Puffy a text about something else, and he said, wait a second. <laughs> You're already there? <laughs> we are still living at the airport. Lester? I, I, think, you're, I think you're absolutely 100% fine on this as well. I cannot look, winner, believe you guys. No, why, Winner why? chicken like, dinner. We were a team all going well, listen, to the same destination. Listen, hold on. Hold on. He has said very clearly, publicly, that we're going to go as a team by the 4 o'clock flight. It is not his fault that those instructions weren't followed. It's his fault when he sends a follow-up email <laughs> insisting that okay. the nothing. I really no, didn't no, no. send up the email, but that would have been a brilliant play, <laughs> and I immediately regretted. To be fair, I could have easily said, like Maddie could have made an easy chin. I could have just said, "Ah, Maddie, just switch it back. I'm going to go with these guys. I'll hang out with these guys in the airport for four hours." So I felt a little a hole ish. No, but in the, the end, as soon as I got home, and I was knackered on my couch. <laughs> I felt a okay. I'll never forget you walking away, looking back at us in the car as we had to go tune around for another three hours. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't look back. I would just get going. That that would have been an move. <laughs> it was a solid five. That's a five-hour gap, though. That was yeah, a big. Sure. I felt really but, good when I got on that plane. Uh, but what's the cost of canceling it to book a coach? Oh, well, I don't think it would have cost her anything. Cost. We we booked so much travel. Yeah, wouldn't have been any cost. It just would have been. Uh, Really? You know, it would have cost me a half a day. We had a great day at the airport, though. So. <laughs> you guys had so much fun? We did. <laughs> we surfed our phones. Uh, anyway, that's... that's uh, oh, A-OK a, a okay or A-Hole is brought to you by uh, iDrinkCoffee.com. We have too... You know what, Lester? We have too many jingles. Middle of the morning, can't keep my eyes open Cause I got to have a, a cup of java I got to have a, a cup of java So I better log on, log on To I drink coffee, I drink coffee.com Play the theme at the end I drink coffee.com. Oh, sorry. Yes, you always <laughs> forget that last I, I, I always jump the gun <laughs> on that That might one. be my number one favorite now. Really? Yeah, it's really climbed the charts. It's yeah. Come on, oh. strong. The idrinkcoffee.com people love it. They love it? Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah. They they've, they've started using it now without your permission. Really? Well, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Go on the site. It's the <laughs> first thing you see here now. Can I, can I tell you something very quickly? And this is, this is, this, this is, it sort of ties in. Uh, I've, been, I've been doing some work. A-hole or acceptable. Idrinkcoffee.com uses the song without your permission. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do, 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 do. What song? Don't. Uh, that uh, that no. is. Uh, 
Come on. The commie stars in town. No. Uh-oh. No. Say it again. Can't touch the super freak. Well, but it's the same thing. That's why they mix those songs. No. Well, I guess they do. Don't turn around. Uh-oh. The commie stars in town. Uh-oh. What's that song for? Oh, I know that song. Apparently. I'll say this. This is a gentleman by the name of Peter Cardinelli. He's a very, very well-known bass player and producer in Toronto. Right. He wrote that bass line. And oh. did, got, did not get credit for it from Rick James. He produced it. Oh, that. Yes. He wrote that. That's a real good bass That's the whole song, right? So not only did he get ripped off once with Super Freak, he got ripped off again when it came out with Can't Touch This. Like, he'd be probably worth millions. What do you think? What do you think is going to be our thing that gets sampled? Something's going to get sampled by somebody. Could be the Rubber Boots guy song, could be the I Drink Coffee theme. Very good. Something could get sampled along the way. Yeah, for sure. One of these little... Let's do... Uh, this is not a Lester version. Lester ripped off uh, these guys, a little group called Van Halen. and its dreams. So baby, dry your eyes. Save all the tears you're crying. Oh, that's what dreams are made of. second half of this podcast has basically been just... <laughs> Just playing le- all Lester's songs, <laughs> all the segments like, have been oh, that he short. He could honestly have an album. It'd be very short. I know, but we, uh, he could have an album. We don't have any content anymore in between. <laughs> we just play them, <laughs> and this will follow that because I had this dream last night, uh, and and I thought I'd share it with you again. It's not that entertaining, but I thought you'd enjoy it because it's soccer themed. Oh, in the dream last night, yeah, both you and I mm-hmm. were on TFC. I don't. Wow. I hope that we're playing Houston and not the Concacaf game. No, we're playing Concacaf. Oh no! So it's the Concacaf thing. But if well, here's what happens: if we win the game, yep. Then for some reason, it, I, I had heard a conversation about Concacaf, and I guess there's a tournament they play in this World Tournament yes. in Dubai or something, yes. right? That's what happens if yes. they win. But in my dream, they were going to row against Oxford. You know also that Oxford, Oxford, Cambridge big yeah. rowing thing every year? I'd love to go to that. So TFC was going to row against Oxford. Okay. That is what the <laughs> CONCACAF thing was. And so we had our coach was not... Uh, the, Vanny. It was not Vanny. It was a, a female coach. Oh, nice. And we were having these warm-ups and practices, and she was trying to pick the rowing team. Okay. Right? And I was bad-mouthing. So the other people on the team, like... Um, Vinko's Michael, Michael Bradley was yeah. on the team. Okay. Javanko was on the team. Uh, Josie was on the team. Yeah. But then some of the other team were like guys in my life. Okay. Mike, Mike Thibodeau, this kind of chubby pothead I went to high school with. Nice. Uh, Mark Ward, <laughs> one of my soccer buddies with a giant forehead. Yep. He's on the team. Puffy's, Puffy's on the team. Nice. And I'm on the team. Sorry, Lester, you're not on the team. Stuff is not on wow. the team. Wow. And you, I, you, I can't believe you get ignored in your dreams, too. <laughs> I know. I'm really good at rolling, so it's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Stop taking the shorts. So I was just completely bad mouthing all of you to the coach. Oh, of course. Which made me question my entire character. Yeah. Like I basically said, I said, I remember saying, saying distinctly, "Puffy's too lazy to be <laughs> on this to be on this you. crew." I would be. I would be. A, I would drag drag the boat down. Right, and I was showing off. I was telling her I could bench three hundred and eighty pounds, which I can't. No. And I was saying Michael Bradley's too skinny to row. True. And uh, TFC wouldn't have a lot of good coxmen, right? Is that what they're called? <laughs> like Michael? Yeah, Javanko could be that little. What's the guy's the, the yeller? The one, in the front? the one who you the yeller. yeller. I think yeller. that's the official name. The official name is the yeller. Yeller. <laughs> the yeller. 
There's a lot of coxmen and there's a yeller. When he gets old, he's old yeller. (laughs) They're thinking, oh, that guy, is that that would be our best bet for a gold medal in the Olympics is to be the cox guy, the coxman? Yeah, I think that's your best bet, yeah. Because what do you have to do? You just have to be little. (laughs) You have to be light. light. No, you probably have to call call, the call. like failed jockeys. Failed jockeys? Yeah. There's strategy involved, definitely. Well, he's got to pick up the pace. You have no one to pick up the pace. See if we can get a coxman on the show who also analyzes. You already have one, James. (laughs) 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 Not talking about Bryce Stoff. That's too simple. Um, That's so. So what happened in the end? Like, did we? We lost. Did I? Did I make the trip to? Did I make crew? No, I want to know if I made crew. You didn't make crew. You actually sunk me. The thing was, I I can remember distinctly that we had fourteen hundred pounds, and so Oxford was just going to have seven rowers who weighed two hundred pounds each. But I asked. I said, "Can we have like ten rowers that weigh?" 140? Would that yeah, be it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and uh, a calculator. Because that way we could these. get Javanko and, and, and yeah. Bradley in there rowing, and, and they said that was legal. And so I was trying to negotiate for that, and then we lost and we didn't make it. And I remember again just blaming all you guys, like yelling, it's your fault, Puffy. And then I woke up in a, in a, in a cold sweat. But also with the satisfied grin that you were right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so that's, uh, that's our podcast for this week. Uh, we didn't do Seems like you've been an the last little bit with these dreams, with us leaving us at airports. I know, I know. That's funny. No, I was voted A-OK yeah, by the two I think members the, of the jury. I think if you put that out on the on the Twitter, people will uh, will trounce you. <laughs> no, they won't. No, for, they won't. For, the, be, for the flight thing? Yeah, the flight no, thing, I think won't. people will sign. But you see, it's too long to tweet because you have to have the background. If you just say, Duffy takes that. the early flight, leaves the other guys, then I'm going to get trashed. But if you have the background of all those emails and the fact that I wanted to go with you guys, then I don't think so. Would you show your outbox from that date to me. <laughs> yes, I would. I will, I will reveal you have full control of my phone. And then I want to see deleted of deleted your deleted box. Wow. If, that, if it was there, I'd be so happy. <laughs> would you, though? It would be what I think no, I would What rather, would that do to our relationship? Do you, I think if if that was actually there, would you be happy or now would you never trust I would me rather again? know. I'd rather see that than know what's in Al Capone's vault. Yeah, but you could go the other way, too. I mean, you can show them the text, but you'd never feel the same. Then you'd you know, feel I you, never trust you. feel violated, you. right. Yeah. I mean, to me... You can't, we can't go down that road. Do you guys... Do you, I mean, this, Someone's this, getting hurt either is way. This, is this the hill you guys want to die on? No, it's you know not. Because then the, the orgy would never happen. Yeah. We, well, post it would orgy, happen, maybe. From season one. <laughs> uh, Cox Swain. Cox Swain. Cox Swain. Oh. So uh, that's a term that we don't use enough in sports. Yeah, I think there should be a coxswain in all your lives, like in everyday life. Wow. Could could we change to bring it into the pod? Someone just here to yell at us? No, just just give a nickname. He was the one who said the thing. So, yeah. uh, welcome to episode twenty-eight of the Rubber Boots Pod. I'm with Puffy Stoff and Coxswain Lester. Coxswain Lester <laughs> <laughs> works for me. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening again, everybody. Thanks for indulging in uh, uh, stuff off the top. I know it was uh, uh, it was a little heavy, but the one thing I haven't been able to do because you get so busy after something like this happens is haven't really been able to talk about it too much. So wanted to talk about my dad, wanted to talk about Jonathan, wanted to talk about all the kids from Humboldt and, and all the fine people around them. Let's hope better days are ahead for all of us and the rubber boots guy. Hey, how are you?
I got a question that I really wanna ask ya. Wait. Don't hang up. I need to know, so I'm gonna try and push my luck. Are you wearing your rubber boots tonight? Are they purple, yellow, green, blue, black, or white? Are you wearing your rubber boots tonight? And do you like the dunk tank at the fair? I know it's a little strange. My obsession with your choice of footwear in the rain. I know that you're on TV, but I need you to put your boots up on the desk for me. Are you wearing your Hawaiian boots tonight? Are they purple, yellow, green, blue, black, or white? Are you wearing your Hawaiian boots tonight? And do you like the dunk bank at the fair? This is the part they call the bridge A bridge has water under it With rubber boots you can wade in the water Just don't fall in Are you wearing your rubber boots tonight? Are they purple, yellow, green, blue, black, or white? Are you wearing your rubber boots tonight? And do you like a dunk tank? At the fair? Do you like the dunk tank? At the fair? The dunk tank? The dunk tank? At the fair? Are you wearing your rubber boots tonight? No, seriously. Are you wearing your rubber boots? Don't hang up. Please? Somebody? Eh? Eh? Anyone?